But let's move along. We um we just finished last week, as you well know, because there was heaven knows there was lots of coverage, and that's actually what we want to talk about. The Bosma trial. Loads and loads of coverage on the Bosma trial. And it got a lot of people wondering whether this is something that would be sustainable, whether this is something that we would want to have all the time with trial after trial. Well, joining me to try and sort this out and to, to walk through this a little bit, two people who know very well about this industry and about the ins and outs of doing something like this in studio, because he's just finishing up a day that he's been at the station since, I don't know, the crack of dawn. He was actually outside making rooster noises when the sun was coming up. <laughs> Jeff Story, the program director here. And on the line, joining us, uh, Jim Poling, managing editor of the Hamilton Spectator. Jim, thanks for doing this. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Scott. Glad to be here. Jim, let's start with you. You um, you had two reporters, Molly Hayes and Susan Claremont, in the court every day for the Bosma trial. It was a large investment. What was the response? What kind of feedback did you get from readers about that? Too much, not enough, or just right? Scott, we've had a tremendous response. Uh, matter of fact, there's a letter to the editor on, on this very topic in, in today's paper that really sums it up. Uh, this is a reader who... Uh, said they were immensely interested in this, this account, not so much from a, a live um, uh, entertainment point of view, but they felt that it served the justice system. And um, they also made a point about social media, because we are very active using uh, the new forms of reporting to, uh, to get the facts out and, and the story out, and then ultimately the story behind the story. And that is, I mean, we, we've done that before. The papers have done that before, but this seemed like it was a massive step up. Well, it, it, it was. It certainly was a step up. Uh, this is a significant trial. Uh, it, it's, uh, you know, a rare set of circumstances. There's, there's a lot of intrigue. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anger. Um, you know, this, if you look at Hamilton's history, this is right up there with, uh, with its largest trials. Uh, certainly, probably the last large one before this was uh, John Rollo, and then uh, then the Evelyn Dick trial uh, long before that. Go to Jeff here, who's in studio. Jeff, when, when Jim says this was one of Hamilton's largest trials, do you believe that this was always going to be one of Hamilton's largest trials and the coverage just reflected that, or did the coverage turn it into one of Hamilton's largest trials? I think the answer to that is both to be honest with you. I think it was a significant case because you had the victim who was an average guy that did an average thing and was randomly, um, you know, murdered by two guys that did the uh, unthinkable. And I think it was um, one of those stories that just, you know, it, it captivated everybody. Now, of course, the coverage was huge. It went for almost five months. Everything that Jim talked about, you know, I think is accurate, and, and we felt the same thing here. And the reaction to our coverage of that case, no differently uh, than when uh, Molly and Susan were doing it for the spec and Alex Pearson for us, the amount of reaction that I received over the phone, via email, to the radio station about our coverage and what Alex did, and I think most of it... Who you hired just to do this to, Just to do this case as a freelance reporter, because I knew that we needed the added resources to do it. Plus, she had 20-plus years' experience experience, you know, covering uh, cases like this. So she had the the uh, experience, the expertise, which I knew that she would execute properly. And in a case like this, the storytelling aspect of this, regardless if you're in radio, newspaper, online, TV, it doesn't matter. It's all about telling a story and putting it
everything in the proper context and having that right perspective, which I knew Alex would do well, and she, uh, I think, nailed it out of the park. But it was the biggest response that we have had on a story, and I've been here at CHML since 1994. The biggest story in the newsroom from a reaction standpoint from our audience than any other story that we've done in my time since 94. That's going back almost 22 years now. Well, that's going back to Bernardo. Yeah, absolutely. Jim, you um, when we talk about this though, with the huge response and everything, when you when you put this much effort into it, and, I, and we'll get to whether this is sustainable in a second, is this good for justice? Is this good for the public good, or is this turning a co- a case, a murder trial, into a spectator sport by having this much coverage? Well, I, I think uh, coverage transparency is always good. What the public does with it is is a different question. Um, you know, we're, our, our system is founded on an open courts principle, and frankly, I don't believe our courts are open enough. Um, the, uh, you know, as I say, anytime you can bring uh, transparency, um, it, it, it's good for institutions. It's also good for people to see uh, how the process unfolded. It's very different from what people might, might think it uh, works or from what they see on, on television or... Uh, um, you know, Netflix or wherever they're, they're watching coverage. Would you want, for that reason, Jim, would you want cameras in the newsroom or in the courtroom? Uh, oh, I certainly would. I'd like uh, audio recordings. Uh, I mean, we're still hiring sketch artists. We're not allowed to have cameras in, in, in the courtroom to capture what's there. We have to pay uh, artists who are doing the same work today as they were doing, uh, I don't know, 80, 100 years ago. <laughs> Jeff, you also, you're, hold on a sec, Jeff, you're not actually hiring artists. Wouldn't serve you much good around here, I wouldn't no, think. No, not really. But, but same thing, would you, would you be in for cameras or audio recording or whatever else in, in the courtroom? Would that serve your purposes? Would you think that's the right thing to do? Yeah, you know what's interesting is this conversation, what you and Jim were just talking about, the, the case that really comes to mind for me is because there's huge differences between the United States and Canada. I think about the O.J. Simpson trial and having cameras and everything inside the courtroom and really bringing that story, as Jim called it, that transparency to the consumer. Again, doesn't matter if you're on radio, TV, or, or print. Taking it to the consumer is critical. And I think, personally, I, I'm on side. It's 2016. The media landscape has shifted a lot. I think community uh, wants it. And I think it's part of our role to be able to be that conduit for the community and to educate, again, whether or not it's a court case or it's an important city council vote, whatever it might be. If it's in the public's best interest and our job as media is to cover that and bring those stories to our community, then, yeah, I would be in support of that. Jim, you, you talk about the result the response to this, and I can say that when the Spectator on its website, on the right-hand side, if anyone goes to the homepage, has the top red stories each day. And i got to tell you, almost every single day of the trial, Bosma was one, two, at worst three. There was huge interest. I get that. But when you look at it, would you then consider, because of the interest in this, would you consider putting these kind of resources or trying to emulate this kind of coverage for another trial that maybe was slightly less expansive, slightly less well-known, but to see if, you know what, is it, again, is it the case or is it the coverage? Well, I, I, I think it's a combination of both. But uh, but would you, know, you do it again? Would you do it to try to find out or to, to believe that it really was the coverage that drove that kind of interest? I don't know that it was so much. I, it was something that, that we had to cover, that people were looking for us to cover. They, were, they, they looked to us for, for answers. And, 
if we had another case, you know, God help us. This was, um, you know, I, I hope we don't have to make that decision because it means something bad has happened. And this was a heartbreaking uh, set of circumstances and thoughts. And, uh, you know, people were, were uh, intrigued for a whole uh, n- number of reasons. Um, so we knew that this um, was going to generate significant interest. We had calls to the newsroom. We had uh, people looking to us for coverage. And, frankly, uh, we designed some of our plans around that. Plus, it was also scheduled for a, a four-month trial. And we just know from experience, having one person cover a trial that long is taxing, onerous, um, is mentally challenging. And, uh, you know, we have to consider uh, workplace issues as well. Jim, I know you've got to run, so we will cut you loose so you can get to your appointment. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate you stepping in for a few minutes, but Jeff is going to stick around for a couple more minutes here. I just wanted to say, sure, Jim, uh, Jim... One, can... Let me add one, one point around yeah. transparency. Yes. Um, you know, I, I think court officials are happy to have us there. Uh, certainly in Ontario, I think we need to go a step further in accessing uh, documents and, and the court system in general. It still remains a quite a, a cloistered institution, so... I think the more people find out about how their government and uh, judiciary works, uh, the better society is. I would agree with that, Jim, and I just wanted to say uh, congrats on your coverage, too. You know, from a radio guy to a newspaper guy, I think The Spectator did uh, a heck of a job covering a very difficult assignment, which we all know went almost five months, and I thought that uh, both of your reporters, uh, Molly and Susan, uh, did a very good job, but I also know that uh, there's a lot of work uh, that goes on behind the scenes uh, for editors and publishers uh, of the like, so uh, I just want to say, uh, you know, congrats uh, on to the team. It was a job well done. That is, uh, that is, okay, I'll let Jim go because I think we've lost him anyway. But it, absolutely, I mean, you know what, everybody. And, but I go to the same question, Jeff, with you. We've got a few minutes left on mm-hmm. this thing. It was an incredibly expensive proposition to do this. At yeah, the same it time, it was an incredibly, as you say, well-received. There was mm-hmm. a ton of engagement. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it from a media perspective, because listen, we're always talking in this era about how much media costs and media is being cut and media is being chopped. Can you look at it and say, you know what, I could see, it may not be Bosma. But I could see hiring someone again or doing something to give this kind of coverage because there clearly seems to be an appetite for this. There's absolutely an appetite. You know, Jim talked about the amount of people that were, you know, calling the paper and giving them uh, accolades and, you know, liking the coverage. And you talked about when you go to the website and you see the most read stories. We do the same thing here, Scott, in radio. You know, we have websites and, and apps and social media platforms and we do analytics behind the scenes too. Honestly, the Bosma coverage was off the charts. Our digital numbers went up over the four months, so all the analytics would suggest that, you know, people wanted it. They had a desire to be updated daily on that information. Now, it is an expensive proposition. Is it sustainable? I can honestly say for us it would be a very difficult decision. However, I think that the story dictates Mm. how much effort and resources that you put into an assignment. Back in the day, you talked about the Bernardo trial. You know, we covered that extensively as well, just like The Spectator did. But at that point in time, it was a story that had everyone captivated. And stories become huge when your, your entire community wants more. And then when the media kind of... You feel it. It's this, it's sometimes, you can't predict it, Scott, but the community, you can just feel that that desire to know more about a story, and it just grows, and it grows and gets bigger day after day, and then you just feel it as a media outlet that you have to be there. 
every step of the way. You can't be there part-time. You can't just go to the courtroom on Monday and Friday and show up when you want. You have to be there every day because the magnitude of the story dictates your coverage. I think it, you can't put the cart before the horse. Now, your point about doing a case study, I think it's an interesting point. You may see that in the future. But again, I really believe that the magnitude of the story will dictate the amount of coverage. There is, again, going back, and again, I, I probably am being unfair to you to keep re- referring to the Spectator website, but I know just because mm-hmm. it's easy, because they got the top five stories, mm-hmm. it's almost always, I've noticed this, it's almost always crime, courts, death, mayhem. If there's something, people of Hamilton, for whatever reason, love mayhem and crime. Why? I, I think that's a great question, and somebody much smarter than I needs to deliver the answer, because I'm not sure why, but again. Do you disagree? Um, no, I don't, because I was going to just say the analytics would also uh, replicate the numbers of the spectator. Because when we have stories of, you know, whether it's a, a fatal crash on the 403, it's the Skyway Bridge taken out and there was a big accident and somebody's been charged with a, an offense or there's a, a major fire uh, or anything to do with, you know, crime, I guess you could say. It's a, it, people have this this desire to know more, and it, it, it's almost like feeding the monster. You know, that said, there are also those uh, rare stories, say, with uh, political scandals, whether it be with, um, you know, say, a mayor uh, of a city who gets into some hot water. You know, there's a story where I can tell you that the numbers on that story went through the roof, too. We have a scandal that's erupted in London, Ontario recently with the mayor and mm-hmm. another person Deputy within mayor. their staff. Exactly. So you think that the numbers there for the, the, the newspapers and the radio stations, their websites in that community... Those numbers aren't through the roof? Absolutely, because it's scandalous. Scandal's a little bit different than crime, but I think, again, those two categories, if you will, there's this need to, to know more. And why, what's the answer to that? The why? I'm not sure the why. But is there, a, is there an obligation? Again, we just have about a minute. Is there mm-hmm. an obligation? Is there some sense for you? You're the guy who's making the decision here about what to cover, that it has to be something important rather than something that is just really interesting? Or is that okay? If it's just a lurid, lascivious scandal... I mean, I can't imagine it happening here, but if... The unfortunate a, part of that, Scott, is there's not enough scandals that no, happen in a city this size. Our, but. If two of our city councilors, yes. councilors I'm not going to name any names mm-hmm. because people, their imaginations are on wild, but let's say two of our city councilors got caught, you know... In a relationship? In, a rela- okay. in, a, in an unfortunate or okay. un- illicit relationship. Would we jump on that? That's probably more of a scandal story yes, than a would serious be. story. That's true. I agree. So what do you do with that? Is it do we only do is it do we give it the same? We would probably give it a little bit more coverage, Scott, because they're public figures sure. and they're also being paid on the dime. And the expectation from a taxpayer is that that is below the line of acceptability, and we've got to give more coverage on that. Fair enough. No, yeah. no. I mean, th- there are some of these stories that I look at and I think, you know what? They'd be really important, but they're really boring. They're yeah. really important, but man, oh man, they are dry, and nobody yeah. really wants to follow and, and, them there. And I would agree with that. I think there's some really good stories that we track, Scott, whether it be in our newscasts or in our talk shows, and then we view the analytics a week later, and it didn't really touch the community in a way that we thought that it should because it didn't have the crime angle or it didn't have that scandalous angle or whatever, but it's still a really good positive story that's good for this community, but it kind of fell flat from a, uh, a number standpoint. You know, and that's ratings. And a big part of what we do is, you know, we want to provide compelling, engaging content on a radio station daily to drive listeners. Because when you have more listeners, you have greater success. It's no different on TV or newspapers or websites on the digital front or in radio. We're all trying to build numbers. So we would encourage then 
any city councilor listening to engage in an illicit affair with another city councilor and please drop us a note so we know so we can find out and really start drumming on this if you want to make a sex tape and put it on YouTube that's fine I think there's enough of those going on in our world right now not from city council though and if you and if actually to top it all off if you can actually do it in city council in the mayor's chair now we got ratings now Jeff is a happy happy man because all of a sudden the end and I'm just kidding what is it of course you're kidding but the reality is there is this insatiable desire to to have scandalous stories and you know crime seems to be one of them that uh, really gets interest going and and again I think your point's a good one I mean what's the why it's it's very difficult to find out but you know maybe you should get a psychologist on the on the on the show one night to discuss that because I think a lot of people would be interested in what is it that tweaks that interest level and why does it peak go through the roof when either crime or scandal is a part of the story is it just purely interest is it just because it's more interesting and the beauty of and, and believe me when i say beauty it's in quotes and it's not meant as it's a beautiful thing but the beauty mm-hmm. of the bosma trial i mm-hmm. suppose was mm-hmm. that it was important mm-hmm. it was also interesting it yeah. also had like it had all you can see why it had all the elements so you can see why you put the extra resources yeah. into it but it, i don't know how many i mean you tell me but uh, we get back to the first question i don't know how many of those the media could actually look at and say, yeah, we're going to give those kind of resources yeah. to that story. I think the answer to that, Scott, is it depends on your market size, how big of an organization from a news perspective you are, because it does sap your resources. You put a lot into it. As Jim made a point, too, it is taxing mentally on that reporter that's in the courtroom every day. And remember, listening to details that are very graphic in nature. In fact, I can tell you, you know, back in the Bernardo trial, we had to pull a reporter off the case. Two weeks in, she couldn't handle it anymore. The, 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 uh, the evidence and the testimony was too grueling. She had two young girls at home. She couldn't do it anymore. We had to change reporters and put a, a different person in there. So it can be very taxing. You have and to be mindful before, of that. And that, that's yes. before the modern technology yes, where you're having true. to tweet at the same that's time true. and take notes and do all this. It's, yeah. It is tough it's right difficult, now. It's difficult. But the landscape has changed. But you know how often could we uh, cover major assignments like that? I think it depends. You know How many resources you have, the smaller the market, the less resources you have. If you go to big markets like L.A., New York, Chicago, Toronto, they're going to be able to do that more often. They're bigger entities. They have a bigger audience because of the market they're in, which means they'll have bigger budgets and more resources. That's just that's as plain as I can put it. We will let you finally go home. You've been here since uh, the crack of dawn this morning. Thanks, Scott. I'm going to go home and have in. my first uh, meal of the day. Yeah, good. Can't that's, wait. That's yeah. good. Yeah, well, no, that is Jeff's story, program director here at 900 CHML.